Hey everyone, welcome back to Lead with Compassion with me, your host, Nico McCall. Today is episode two for Transition Tuesday. We are going to be discussing the euphoria of gender expression. So in some cases when people are transitioning, you know, the the stereotypical story of how this progresses is someone falls into this deep state of depression because of gender dysphoria, and then they come out as trans, and it's like rainbows and butterflies, and I I don't really know how that story got started, um, because that definitely was not my experience. Um, while I'm sure there are people out there with that experience, it, it definitely didn't happen here. Um, so there is a lot of depression kind of mixed into my transition story. Um, but today for our first episode, really focused on the transgender aspect of my life. Um, I want to keep it kind of light and happy and well, euphoric. So let's go back to, um, before I even really realized that I was trans. Um, I'm in my second marriage, this time to a woman, and, you know, things are going along pretty well. I, I still have kind of this nagging feeling that, you know, something isn't right. Like, I went through all this work to figure out my sexual orientation, and that was great. Really no issues there. Um, but there's still, there's still just something kind of off. And, you know, I have discussions about it with my wife. And there were a couple times where she asked, do you think you're trans? And I would sit with it for like a minute and be like, no, I really don't think that's what it is. You know, cause, cause I was always a tomboy. Um, I actually had a, a birthday party when I was a kid in which I insisted that all of my friends have a football throwing contest. So, and I mean, there is that in my background. And I do remember when I was like young elementary school age, like I just, I knew I should have been born a boy, but in my little kid mind, like it, what was is what was. And so I didn't have like words or thoughts or any way to get beyond just that fact that I should have been born a boy. To me, it was, okay, well, I should have, but I wasn't, so let's just get on with life. And and that served me for about 35, 36 years. So let's get back to my marriage. So I, I'm in this marriage. Um, things are going along. I, you know, I'm, I'm not really happy in my job. Maybe that's what's nagging at me. I'm not sure. But um, a, a close friend of mine was murdered. And, and that really led me to ask the question, what am I doing with my life? Like, what do I want to be doing with my life? How, how am I going to start living my life in a way that I'm happy and know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? So that led me down the path of digital forensics. I was working on a grad degree and actually got an internship in the White House complex, not in the White House itself, but in the in the complex. So I was, you know, in a building close to the White House, 
uh, doing this internship for three months at the end of 2016. Before going, like, first of all, I dress casually on a daily basis. When I had to dress up, it was always just kind of this fight. Like, I can't find the right dress clothes. And it it, it was always a, a struggle. So I decided that before I went to this internship, I was going to get a whole new business wardrobe. It was going to be male presenting. I knew there was nobody there that was going to know me from before. I knew that it was a more diverse area, not a, a rural area like I was living in. And so I just decided to go for it. And I reached out to some people to get an idea of where semi-close to me I could find a place where I could get these business clothes without the fear of being judged because, you know, you can't just go to the store and start shopping in the in the men's section. I Maybe you could. I felt like I couldn't. So it, it I reached out to friends and men's warehouse was suggested to me. So we drive the three hours to men's warehouse and I you know, have to fight through the anxiety of not knowing what I'm walking into. So I'm standing outside of this men's warehouse knowing that when I walk in, I'm going to be asking for assistance to dress as a man. First of all, just take out the gender expression portion of this. Um, asking for assistance is not one of my strong suits. I will know what I'm going in for shopping-wise. Um, if I ask for something, it is just point me in the direction of whatever it is I'm looking for. So when I go into a place, I will spend a specific amount of time looking for an item. And if I don't find it, then I leave and I do without that item. So I, I realize I have some work to do there. Um, and, and we are working on that, but that's, that's not even taking the whole gender expression anxiety into the equation yet. So I'm already having to fight through that. Take a deep breath and in we go. And here comes Eugene, the best customer service person ever. Uh, he, he did not bat an eyelash when I told him what I was looking for. He immediately knew like, okay, we're going to have some issues in this area and this area just because of your body. But let's, let's work through that. And let's just grab some things and try them on and we'll go from there. And it was such an amazing experience. Like it's not that big of a deal, right? For a quote unquote tomboy to dress in a more masculine way. But I knew like inside myself, like that's not what this was, right? I'm I'm taking this like many, many steps beyond just dressing as a tomboy. Like I'm going suit, pants, tie, men's dress shoes, the whole nine yards. Like I even ended up with um with cufflinks. So being there that day for a couple hours, which had never happened previously shopping in one store for more than 30 minutes like that that's unheard of for me so i'm in one store for 
several hours with one person trying on item after item after item and I come out of the dressing room and it's not just me looking in a mirror deciding do I want this do I like how this looks it's my wife there looking making comments Eugene there making comments and then the other men shopping and it's so it's such a happy experience to look back on and an unexpected one to to think that I was in this situation of basically discovering this aspect of my gender expression in a public store with a stranger and it was still a happy moment and I think that that's that's a piece that that people who haven't struggled with this really miss like you just think okay I'm gonna go to the store and yeah I really don't like shopping but you don't have to think about all these other things of the judgment from others of you don't have to think about those judgments from others and will someone even help you will you get kicked out of the store do you have to watch your back after exiting the store because the wrong person saw what you were doing inside so just to have every single piece of that day be happy for me is just like it's one of the most euphoric moments of my life. So I have my brand new wardrobe. I'm all packed up. I go to DC and and that anxiety kicks it again, right? It's the evening before orientation of the internship. And I know that when I walk into that building the next day, I will most likely be the only female presenting person dressed head to toe in men's business wear. So I sit in the anxiety. It's there. Acknowledge it. It's not going away because I don't have any other clothes. Like I, I am committed to this. I am wearing these business suits to this internship. So I just tell myself, fake it till you make it. And that was the line running through my head with every single step I took that day. Brand new to the public transportation aspect because we don't have that where I live. And every step it was, all right, fake it till you make it. And just lift your head up, shoulders back, and take that next step into the unknown. And with every new experience I encountered, it, especially that day, like it was just... It was nothing but positive. Like, if anyone thought anything of me, I didn't have a clue. They didn't, I didn't get looks from anyone. I didn't get comments from anyone. And the next day, I went back and I saw, like, the same people. And and we became pretty good friends. And it was just, it, it's so hard to explain. When you're putting a piece of yourself out there, that is terrifying to put out there and it is met with nothing but love it's it's so like it's just it's so hard to describe that feeling i'm i am working on my feeling words um, and increasing that vocabulary obviously I, st I still have a few more words to learn so i i get through these first few days of the of the internship and i'm loving it like i am there every single day like in my suits in public transportation packed in like sardines on the train i'm not getting any negative vibe from anyone which was completely 
unexpected. And, you know, maybe a part of that was this fake it until you make it attitude that I had. I I wasn't putting off any air of insecurity when I was there. It was just, you know what? This is me and this is how I dress and take it or leave it. And it was it was so great um, being there. First of all, I love living in diverse areas or just being surrounded by diversity and walking down the street and in one block you hear several different languages. I just, I love that. That like, that sings to my soul. And and so just, just being in DC in that kind of diversity on a daily basis. And also I was able to have an outward expression of what I was feeling on the inside gender wise. It, it's, it's so freeing. It's so freeing just to like the, the picture I have in my mind right now is Julie Andrews on top of a mountain just spinning and singing and it, it's so freeing. And it's kind of sad to to recognize that those moments don't happen more often. And I mean, that'll be next week um, when we get into the depression side of this. But for for today, for for the euphoric aspect of discovering this piece of myself, I'm just like, that three months was such an amazing three months. And skipping over the depression that I, that I referenced that is about to, to set in, being five years into this process of a medical and a social transition now, like I'm, I'm back to having that euphoric moment like so many times throughout a day. And it's definitely not constant, but I hit just little glimpses of of that euphoria, like when I'm not misgendered over the phone. Like that was, that is a big one. To this day, five years in, when I am not misgendered over the phone, that is a euphoric moment. When I catch glimpses of myself um, in the mirror, or when someone who knew me pre-transition at work, who really had a hard time with my transition, reaches out and is like, hey, Nico, or jokes around with me, like, I'm not some kind of a freak. I'm just a normal person who they work with. Like, none of those moments pass me by without me recognizing them. And I, I don't show it in the moment. And I probably don't express the euphoria that I'm feeling in those moments like I should, but I'm, I'm feeling them internally. And wouldn't it be awesome if everybody created those euphoric moments for those around them? Like, especially, especially trans people and other people in the LGBT community. Like, it seems like such a small thing to do to get a pronoun right. And on my side of it, it feels like we're not asking for much. But on the other side of it, like what is what is so challenging or hard in in doing that small thing for someone. And that that is like the easiest gift right? You don't have to plan to go buy something. You don't have to like rack your brain and think, wow, what would the perfect gift for this person be? It's just kindness and respect. And it takes a second. It takes one second to do. And it means the world to us or getting a name right, right? Like I obviously changed my name during this process. And 
just hearing it, hearing the name that that I chose for myself, I have to stop. I, I, it catches my breath when I hear it. And sometimes even five years in, I hear my name and it takes like a nanosecond for me to realize, oh God, that's me. And then the euphoria hits. And it's just those, it's just those small little things, you know, and, and it doesn't take much effort to be able to do those things. So it, you know, I just, if, if you're listening to this and you're not part of the trans community or the LGBT community, you know, just, just think through your days and just think about the people who, who are in your life, who are a part of those communities and, and what are the seemingly insignificant things to you that you could do for them that are monumental. And maybe that starts with asking. So speaking of asking, I know that sometimes this is, especially recently, kind of a sore subject um, for people who aren't in the LGBTQ plus community um, or other communities that are just, they're so exhausted with having to explain what they're going through to people who have who have not been through that and and we're all about like educating yourself right and i understand that because i've been exhausted and certainly at the beginning of my medical transition i could not explain to people i couldn't do it i couldn't explain to people what i was going through because so much of my focus had to be on myself all of my energy was on myself and just getting through the day, right? So we'll get into that more next week. But as far as, as asking goes, that's, that's one thing I want to use this podcast for. Reach out to me, ask me these questions. I can discuss these questions here and, and hopefully give answers that one, you were afraid to ask, two, you didn't want to be a burden and so you didn't ask. And, you know, maybe you've been told not to ask, in which case you need to respect that. You need to respect the person who is asking you not to ask them questions because maybe they just can't right now. And that's okay. And it needs to be respected. So, you know, bring those questions to me. I'm more than happy to answer those. I'll stick my email at the end of this podcast. But for just a second, um, before I get to that, I want to take a little time to talk to those people who may be in the beginning of their transition, or maybe you're pretty well into it, and you're just, you know, you, you haven't come to a place where you can be euphoric. I just want to let you know that it's important to celebrate the small wins. So anywhere you can find just a split second of euphoria or happiness or even less depression, like sit in those moments. And the more you're able to recognize those moments, the more of them you're going to have. So just notice like the smile that a stranger gives you, like take that as a win, right? Just tell yourself that that stranger saw that you were in the middle of a tough time in your transition and their smile was support. And just take that in and feel it and just keep looking for those small things. You know, it doesn't matter what that person was really thinking. It's how you interpret it and the story you tell yourself about that person's smile. So give yourself a good story. Give yourself 
a, a story that builds you up for the next day and something that will carry you through to that next euphoric moment. And just start small and keep building up and eventually that stuff's going to start to snowball. And if you're not in the LGBT community, take a second to give that moment to someone else. You know, be that small little snowflake that they can use to eventually build a huge snowball. So as I mentioned previously, this wasn't all rainbows for me. So, you know, I there's the, a big depressing part of this and we're going to get into that next week. Until then, thank you for joining me. If you have questions that you would like me to answer that you haven't felt comfortable or you don't have anyone in your life where you can ask these questions, you, you know, Google's just not doing it for you, you can reach out to me at leadwithcompassionpodcast at gmail.com. I'll be happy to answer questions. If I get enough of them, we might even just do a full episode that is a Q&A. So, you know, send those in to me and I'll be happy to answer what I can. And then before we get to the depression side of my transition next Tuesday, um, we're going to take a look at the excuses that we tell ourselves. I know me even starting this podcast and attempting to be an actor, right? We come up with so many excuses or limiting beliefs um, that stop us from essentially being happy. So we'll take a look at that and there's going to be a lot of room for self-compassion on Thursday when we go through this. Um, as far as compassion for myself um, at the beginning of my transition with these euphoric moments, um, I know today I, I really focused on, on that euphoria and we'll see on next week's transition Tuesday. It wasn't 100% euphoric. You know, there was there was depression sprinkled in the middle um, and depression following up a lot of euphoria. So looking back at myself at the beginning of my transition from where I am now, just you don't have to be in a rush. I know it, it feels like you have to be 100% um, masculine presenting male presenting and that people have to see you right away but you know what it, it's your story it's your story it's not their story and even though it's hard don't take their judgments onto yourself right find find the people who are going to be there to support you and focus on that focus on their support Bring their support into your view of yourself, not the judgments of the people who are are not supportive. Yeah, just that's that's so big. Even even now, like in in everyday life, that's that's such a big thing and and so hard to do. But I think it's important to to practice it as as much as you can. So yeah, just. You know, bring, let the happiness in. We don't have to be miserable beings. We can be, we can be happy beings and we can focus, focus on, on being happy. So Thursday, 
This Thursday, we're going to look at the, the excuses we tell ourselves, and then next Tuesday, we'll jump back into the transition story, this time looking at the depression side of things. So thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time.